0: And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, the pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. Ashton Powell. Ashton, thank you for being on the show today. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I am tired. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Tired is a good thing.
0: I feel you. I feel you. It's the start yep. of the week, man. So how was your
1: The weekend was real chill. Mm-hmm. The weekend before that, I was leaving. I was at homecoming at our alma That was with So this weekend, I was chilling.
0: Thank you for being on the show, sir. Just to give you a little high-level overview, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing on moments of transformation. Over the course of just, like, our conversation today, I might be asking you, like, a series of questions to talk about the past, present, and future. And like, just to reflect on some things and just discuss how you've navigated through those various different situations, some of the things that you've learned through your past and how we can be our most present selves into our future. If that sounds good to you, man, we can go ahead and get started.
1: Sounds amazing.
0: Um, so just to get us started, man, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: As you said, my name is Ashton Eroba I'm a 31 year old. I guess you could say retired school teacher at this point, because I did 10 years and got the hell out. I don't know, man, I'm a free spirit. Like, you know, ball is life for me. And so, I'm a gym head, I'm a sneaker head. I'm born and raised in Michigan, currently in Atlanta, went to Tuberville College in Mississippi. Got that good HBCU experience. That's really the basics, man.
0: For sure, man. I appreciate you once again for being on the show, so let's just go ahead and get this started. What's your favorite song to start your day to or like a theme song that you would have?
1: I would say I got two. Awesome well, boss shit right now, it's Biggest Bosses by the Isley Brothers and Rick Ron. That's a great song to wake up to and feel good, know you're gonna be on some real boss shit. But as far as like just getting crunk and getting the day started, like I use two different wrestling songs for my alarm and like that shit just gets me crunk and ready to go. The guitar riff and all that shit give me high because I'm not a morning person so I gotta have some shit that's gonna be like give me the fuck up
0: I'm curious you talked a little bit of, about it earlier you being a retired school teacher I'm curious if like you can just tell a little bit about your experience within education
1: so I always felt like I had a gift working with children and also felt like I have a great mind for explaining things. And so put those two things together, you come up with teaching. And ultimately, like, I really wanted to be a college professor, but public education just beat the hell out of me, Mm. to be honest with you. So like, I started teaching at 21, fresh out of college in Jackson. And I taught in Jackson for three years, two years. second grade and then my last year there was in first grade and then I made the move to Atlanta in 2016. I started working for redacted county schools and I stayed at the same school the entire time but like the school system here is like totally different so I got here I got hired as a grade teacher I taught second grade for two years met some real no people like Coworker wise, education wise, that I'm still cool with to this day, like, you they're just some real dope, brilliant black lines. So I appreciate that. But, like, I got here and I was like, oh, these second graders are different than the second graders in Jackson. A well, lot different. Like, they were a lot more turf, but still fun. But I think the aspect that was missing, that Mississippi had, that Atlanta didn't have, was like a sense of community. Mm. Like, kids were around the same as far as like, behavior, they were the same. And as far as academically, they were pretty much the same. Like you have your ones that are on level ones that are not. But there was no kind of like sense of community. There are a lot of parents that I never met or never spoke to. And I'm like, damn, your kid's in second grade. How do you, how are you not going to meet their teacher? Like, I never met all my teachers probably until like high school, right? We were just, you know what I'm saying? We just, we come from a different generation than what's available today. Even when I moved, Kindergarten after the two years in second grade. Like, I'm like, I'm there are kindergarten parents. This is your first time dropping your kid off to school in the yard, send them off. They don't know how to tie their shoes, don't know ABC, don't know numbers, color, shape, don't know shit. But they get you like Fortnite and TikTok and all this other shit. And so that was an additional battle that I felt like I had to fight in Atlanta that I didn't have to fight in Jackson because I felt. Like like it's actually like those parents still care whether they knew how to do what was best for their kids or whether their kid was on level or not. They still cared and they didn't play about respecting adults. Mm-hmm. If you call and say, you know, hey, your child was being disrespectful or something like that. And I never really called because I camped with my own in the classroom. But like, your, the parents were on your side and Mississippi here in Atlanta, they could give two flying bucks. And I'm like, so you, you learn like that's not an avenue. That you can go down as far as support for the most part. You get some parents who are receptive and supportive, but a lot of times more than not, there was no there, there was no use in calling the parent because it was not gonna do anything but frustrate you even more. You know what I'm saying? So you learn to handle things in house. And I think because I was able to handle things so well on my own, without needing admin or anybody, you know, helping me with all that. I kept getting put in the more difficult situation and that's how, that's literally how you beat teachers up. You get punished for being good at your job because it's like, oh, I can power even more shit on him more than what we already power. Oh, I can give him these behavior problems cause he doesn't call the office or you know what I'm saying? Things like that. And that shit gets frustrating. So moving to kindergarten, was like a nice reprieve from that, mm-hmm. but I was still really, really burned down on education. And so I was toying with the idea of leaving. But at the same time, I'm like, shit, I've been doing this for so long. This is what I know. At that point, I picked up a second job. So I'm working seven days a week. And I'm like, this is just life for me. I just accepted that this, this is what life was. Cause like teaching paid the bills, but teaching ain't getting you. Teaching ain't gonna going feed that sneaker addiction. The teaching wasn't going to allow me to do a bunch of extra, you know what I'm saying? Per se, when I'm living by myself, it would be different if I had a two income household like a partner or whatever, but by myself, like teaching just is literally going to pay the bills and keep food on the table and shit like that and nothing else. That was a growing frustration for me. Cause I'm like, I'm working seven days a week and now I'm getting more money, but I'm not even really getting able to enjoy this money because I work every fucking day. So I was literally getting burnt out. It was not engaging for the kids. It was not engaging for me. And then like corporate training kept coming up, corporate training kept coming up and I'm like, okay, let me see what that really is and then. I'm like, oh, okay, I could do this it's like adult education in a way. Like, I'll be teaching employees basically, right. and training them how to do their job. And then I look at the pay, and I'm like, oh shit, this is a lot more money than what I'm making teaching. I got the experience and the credentials, so I started applying, one on interviews, was being like coming off the spring. And by spring break, man, I had the gig down packed, and uh, I asked them to allow me to finish out the school year so I could. Continue teach my kids and be there for them when they did state testing on the last month of school, and then I literally started the new job. Like we finished school on a Thursday, the Thursday before Memorial Day, and then I started that Tuesday right after Memorial Day. And I really didn't even have that weekend to rest because my mom's was here around taking her to concerts and shit. So I'm like, I didn't even have time to really process anything in between starting the two jobs, but. I can say after a few months on the new job, man, it was literally the best decision I could have made for myself, for my mental health, for my financial health. I made the right decision. And it hurt because I did not want to let my students down. Like, I built so many connections with family because I was in the same building for six, six and a half years, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I've taught brothers and sisters, All this kind of thing. It was hard, but I really had to take care of me because if I'm not taking care of me, then I'm not going to be good for anybody. Like, I feel like I have so much more of my life back. Like I'm in a lot better space mentally.
0: You touched on a lot there and I genuinely appreciate it because the biggest themes that I heard you talk about whenever you were teaching, it was something that you were interested in and something that like allowed you to have that kind of creative expression, but then also benefit to the community.
1: So outside of my immediate family, I had a lot of males help out in the church, through sports, things of that nature. But like at the elementary level, like I didn't have any male role model. I didn't get my, I got my first male teacher in fifth grade, but it was a white man. He can't connect to me like a black man can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To be able to be that for so many black and brown children, like I will never ever forget that. That's something I'm always going to hold dear to my heart. Like I got kids now, my first group of kids I ever taught are seniors this year Mm -hmm. in Jackson and some of them have found me on social media to reach out and things of that nature. And it's, wow, I really played a part in these kids' lives, whether I was their teacher for a year or two years or whatever the case may be. Like that was impactful. And then even. And as most recent school, like there was kids I've never even taught before, but you couldn't tell the way they just gravitated towards me. We need men in elementary, black men, especially, but we also have to value those people while they're there. Yeah. In order to keep them there.
0: I think when I was listening to you earlier, you highlighted about valuing and not being overworked, the financial piece but one thing that you also emphasized that i found to be really interesting was the parents component of it and like you know i'm curious if you can like elaborate on that a little bit more
1: they're the say that said, a child only educated at school is an uneducated child yeah mm-hmm. i believe that so much and Parenting, parent, like involvement is down across the board, like nationwide. It's not just an Atlanta thing. Let me paint it like that. It's definitely down across the board nationwide. And it's just, I see it in parenting, period. When I see younger people or people my age parenting now, even in friends or family, there's a lack of involvement or a lack of investment in their child's education, it's Hey, I'm sending you out to of school. School gonna handle whatever it is that is supposed to handle. And when you come home, I'm your friend. I'm your homie. Or so if you're, if I, I might have you in a sports or something like that. And that's where I focus, um, and I can get it. There are some parents who can't be there for their child because they got to work three jobs. I get it. Like I've taught in nothing but title one school, so that's low income area. Like i no, the hood. like, I get it. Like, I know the struggle, like. If that's the issue, that's different. But usually when it, when that's the issue, those parents part as the placement. They still put it in importance or education. What gives me is, is the parents that sitting at home high as hell. Coming through the lane, dropping your kid off with the blunt in the in your mouth. Like you'll have no respect for your child for education, like none of that shit. And I'm not making any of that up. Mm-hmm. I'm not criminalizing smoking weed at all. But you can't pull up to your child's school with a blunt. Like you're asking if I was the type, like, say I'm a young white teacher and I'm just here to get my student loans paid off. I don't have that same cultural investment. I don't have that same cultural understanding. I don't have none of that, right? And, that, and this is the case in a lot of places you get these teachers. They're here, not that they don't enjoy teaching, It's not that they don't love working with children. It's this, I'm only in this area at this Title One school so my loans can get paid off. And I also don't have that same connection and no matter how much a teacher cares, no matter how long they stay teaching in that area, there, if you are not black, you are never going to be able to understand what it's like to be black, let alone be black and in poverty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I was one of those teachers, like I may not understand like what's going on in this family culturally. And I'm going to go ahead and report that i seen this parent smoking weed with the child in the car. And you shouldn't be doing that. We know that. I also know that if I call that and report that parent, that child may not have another parent at the house to help them out. That child may be one of six, seven, eight siblings who, if I call a parent arrested, all those siblings are going to be split up. They're not going to think about those kind of things when you see those things because that's not nine times out of 10, the situation that they grew up in. You know what I mean? I'm saying? not saying white folks don't experience poverty, they do, but well, you just will never be able to understand. I think most nowadays just are more concerned with being their child's friend, more concerned with how does their child. I, I know you see online like the things these kids are wearing, the school. Yeah, Like, ain't no fucking way we would be dripped in Gucci and, and all that shit and we were fucking middle school, high school, bro. Like, we was lucky to get some J's.
0: Yeah. We
1: were lucky to get some J's. Now that's like commonplace. You know what I'm saying? Or we had our portion, whatever shoe we had back then that was hot. And you, you know what I'm saying? But we had a huge school clothes like these it wasn't never anything like on the level that these kids have today. You're not allowing kids to be kids, bruh. They like, they're treated like adults because they, they they parents for it. And so that's how they come into the school. Like, I don't have to do this shit. It is what it is. Like, my mama don't work and she got money. So I go stand out here and trap with my cousins and things like that. And they're thinking that shit in elementary now. They're getting high in elementary now. Right hand, bruh, right hand. They're getting high in elementary now. Weed, smoking weed. In elementary, doing vapes. Elementary. I didn't smoke my first black and my 15 year <laughs> of high school. Yeah. And I couldn't even fool a bit. So I really didn't learn how to smoke anything until I went to college. And they're like, they're smoking weed in fucking elementary school, man. But they're doing it with their parents. And we see this stuff like online and we think, oh, this is a one off because we see this stuff go viral sometimes. I don't know if you've seen, like, a couple years ago, there's, like, a video of a baby smoking the blood. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that like, But that is more commonplace than what we care to believe. Now, and, and I see it. or well, I was seeing it every day, like, when I'm going Like, I had, like, especially Pimp but like, them kids were coming in there high, eyes low, trying to eat everything, hungry, happy, sleepy, like Cat Williams say.
0: I can see how that can be, like, a lot of weight, man, being in that kind of environment. I feel like just listening to the passion that you talk about when you speak about being that kind of role model to youth, especially around like that kindergarten and fifth grade age range, that's not necessarily something that you can still do being within the corporate world. And so I'm curious as far as just like what that has been for you and like how you've been navigating that.
1: So. As far as the weight off my shoulder, man, I feel like hundreds of pounds lighter. Like even doing a temple, they like going to church. I can go to church I gotta go work. Yeah. Or Sunday, fun is a thing down here in Atlanta. Sunday afternoon, go to hang out at Piedmont, get the bars after that. I can never participate in that. Cause like I'm at work and when I get off work, no, I don't want to come in like drink. Which is what y'all doing, and I'm not, and I don't want to go out to the bar to not drink. So I'm not going to go to that because I got to get up the next morning, early as fuck, and be at the schoolhouse at seven. And that's not a job that you could go, hang ain't to you would smell like liquor. You can lose your job, lose your liking. So yeah, for sure. I felt like, damn, I could never do anything fun with my friends.
0: A common theme that I'm hearing, being present and the consistency of that. And I appreciate this because that's not necessarily like an easy thing to do right and so um i'm wondering for you when you made that decision to hey i'm gonna do this best for my overall quality of life how did you come to terms with the possible guilt
1: i felt like i did the honorable thing and the right thing by finishing out my contract like i could have fucking left in april yeah and just threw the deuces up like when they gave me the job and I signed my contract, I was gonna going there. You never pick up something else without finishing out what you signed up for. I finished out my contract, Or I feel like that was doing the right thing, but like, I don't feel any guilt about it. I'm choosing me, so FTK. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, they can a kid I literally tell them like, I gotta choose me, I literally had to break it down to everybody who wanted me to stay and will say, hey, do this, do that. I was like, no, I gotta do what's best for me. I said, I'm not happy. I'm not going to be any good if I'm not happy. So regardless of my importance here, regardless of my importance to that community and regardless of what I feel like my calling is, it could no longer happen in that medium. So I'm still helping people. I'm mentoring the young folks at the gym. Like, and then like, I'm educating like people in within my company. And I have some autonomy now. Like I have autonomy again. I can teach how I want to teach. As long as I'm teaching like them to do their job properly. And obviously there are certain things you have to pre Yeah. But I can present this in whatever way I choose to present it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that to me is like so much fun. It reminds me of why I went into teaching. Like to be creative. Like I'm the only a child, grabbing my head a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I I have a sister on my dad's side, I love her, ain't no half of that shit. That's my girl. But I was raised the only child we were raised together. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time making my rest of my life, all kind of crazy shit like in my head, like I had friends, because I when I like, don't go wrong, but can't be outside with your friends all the time. So, you know? so I'm, that's allowed me to do that, man. To be great at beginning. It's like amazing.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I really appreciate you just for sharing that journey with us, man.
1: No doubt, no, man. Anytime. For sure, anytime.
0: Of course, if you don't mind, I got three short lightning questions that I do on every single episode, and then I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. How does that sound? I'm all for it. Let's get it. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats?
1: Catch me in person,
0: man. <laughs> it's the best interact Catch me in person. I feel that a hundred percent. What or who inspires you, and why? My mom, like
1: my mom is, she's a fucking beast. She just turned 60. She just completed like a 75 day challenge where like she could only drink like water and had to drink like so much of it, had to do two workouts a day. Like no sweets, no snacks, none of that like crazy. Like at 60 and she's a breast cancer survivor. She's like the rock in our family dog. Like so much, I'm so inspired by her. I know that sounds cliche as fuck, but that's my girl. That's my girl. we both Libras, like we're close as hell. And she's like a huge inspiration to me. That's another thing like that somewhat coming back from leaving teaching was like, I feel like I don't, I hope I'm not disappointing her mm. by like, I went to college for this, like I don't want to do it anymore because I care so much about what she thinks. And it's not that, uh, and I don't know why I felt that way because like, she's always supportive and has always been supportive in any and everything that I've wanted to do. I went to a funk cause like sometimes I wish she would have made me stay in some collect- activities that I was in growing up. Yeah. Skills like she liked keto and all that kind of stuff. But like, she always supported me in everything that I do. So. She gave me her blessing and like, I was like, all right, I'm out no."
0: Yeah. Yeah. She inspires me. I feel that. I feel that. And then lastly, on a scale to one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets?
1: I'm a 10. <laughs> there are some spaces that I've been in and being around where, with like some sure shit, I'm just, it's to the grave. Yeah. And like if somebody tells me something and they trust me enough to tell me something in confidence, like, why would I betray that trust? Why would I betray that confidence? That would make me a shitty person. And I try my best not to be a shitty person because my mom raised me better than the
0: I really appreciate you just taking out the time to talk with me this evening, man. It's always really good to catch up. It's always really good to talk, man. And I, I just hope that you have a great rest of your night, man. And I'll talk to you later. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.